from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Morning, Geraldine. Hey, have you been using that jade roller I got you as a white elephant gift at the holiday party? You look fantastic. Hmm, then maybe it's your legume-based diet? Maybe circus peanuts are good for the skin. I'll have to try it. You look great. Do you have the script for today? Ah, thank you. Now let's see here. (gasps) Wait, this script is just me talking. Geraldine, I'd be lying if I said this wasn't my biggest dream come true. But where's all of Elliot's lines? Oh, that's right. I'm going to host our Backpack from the Past Supercut while he's at that calligraphy conference for Elliot's with two T's. There's a shocking number of them. I mean, there's more Elliot's into calligraphy than Leslie's into ceramics. And trust me, that's a lot of Leslie's. That would be a good band name, Geraldine. Hey, and speaking of music, Eric, please play that theme song. Here we go. What do you think you know about the greats from history? The game is on. Get some energy and buckle up your brain. Because it's time to play. It's the Who Was Podcast. Because it's time to play the Who Was Podcast. Who Was? 
Live from Tongvaland, or so-called SoCal Los Angeles, it's Who Was? The history quiz show that, for today, is going to be back-to-back-to-back backpack from the past. I'm your announcer, B, and for today, I'm also your host. Yes, welcome to the beta version of the show. Today's episode is a collection of one of our favorite games, Backpack from the Past. Backpack from the Past, baby! Now, the rules for Backpack from the Past are simple. Elliot or I will dig into our Backpack from the Past, a bag filled with personal objects from famous figures throughout history. We'll describe those objects for our contestants, who will then tell us what the object represents. It's kind of like a historical show-and-tell that's heavy on the tell. Sometimes, our famous figures will be the ones sharing their own items from the backpack, like this first episode featuring Harriet Tubman. You'll hear her voice along with mine and Elliot's. Yeah, this is one of my favorites too, Geraldine. Let's listen in and hear Harriet and Theo and Charlie, our contestants for this episode. Roll that game! Backpack from the past, baby! Theo, here is the first object. It's a quilt. What is the story behind this quilt? Um, so, uh, Harriet Tubman actually married a man named John, and I think they were gonna move. Uh, she sewed a quilt that took her um, a very long time, and that was her most prized possession. And when she was escaping um, her enslavement, she actually gave that quilt to one of the ladies that helped her. Oh my gosh, 110%. That is correct. Way to go, Theo. That was amazing. Thank you. I'm very impressed, Theo. You are absolutely right. I made this quilt for my first marriage to John Tubman. After we married, I told John I was escaping from slavery, and he told me he wasn't going to leave with me, even though he was a free man. I left without him and gave this quilt as a gift to a Quaker woman who helped me escape. Charlie, you're up. I'm holding here a few plants. They are water lily and cranesbill. Charlie, why does Harriet have these plants in her backpack? Okay, so Harriet also became a nurse, and a lot of people were feeling sick at the time, and so she used some plants that she had learned from her mother and used them to heal people. That is right. I learned from my mother and my father. They taught me how to use roots and plants to cure diseases. When I was a nurse in the Union Army, I helped cure dysentery using those plants. Oh, my. This bag is getting a little heavy. Heavy? That's weird. It's just a backpack. What is it? What's in that bag? It's chill. Theo, don't worry about how uh, Harriet managed to fit a full-size fishing boat into this very tiny backpack. Just tell us, why does Harriet have a full-size fishing boat in her very tiny backpack? Um, I'm not exactly sure, but there's a couple reasons why she might. But one of the reasons I think why it might be a fishing boat is because she helped her sister's family escape um, from uh, enslavement. 
and they they sailed down a river in the fishing boat. But there's another part where she used the boat to like attack Confederate bases um, during the Civil War. You're pretty much on the right track, Theo. As one of the missions for the Underground Railroad, I helped my sister Mary and her family escape slavery by boat. Okay, now, the next item. Huh. This last subject is really obscure. Uh, why, what do you mean by obscure? What do you mean by that? It's the North Star. The North Star in a backpack? Now I've seen everything. Okay, so she's the North Star in her backpack because when she was trying to escape from slavery, runaway slaves would follow the North Star because they knew it led them north. And in the north, northern parts of America, um, slavery was banned, so they were safe there. That's right, Charlie. My father taught me how to find the North Star. He said the star, which was right next to the Big Dipper, was a guiding light for enslaved people to lead them north to freedom. And you know what? My backpack is empty. So that means the game is over. Backpack from the past, baby. Ah, what a great day for me. I got to meet Harriet Tubman and had like four handfuls of mint and three ginger roots for dinner that night. And it wasn't even my birthday. Next up, we're about to find out what objects were in the backpack for Napoleon and see if contestants Nola and Desmond can tell us how they relate to his life. Roll that tape, Eric. All right, I'm going to take out the first item from the backpack. Ooh, it's two pieces of bread. One is soft white bread and the other is old hard brown bread. Does this have something to do with A, Napoleon's dream of opening a bakery, or B, the food Napoleon ate when he was young, or C, I don't know, maybe he was gluten intolerant? B. That's right, the answer is B. Even as a boy, Napoleon wanted to grow up to be a soldier, so he would trade food with a real soldier, exchanging his mother's soft, fresh-baked white bread for the soldier's hard army brown bread. He told his mom, if I'm going to be a soldier, I must get used to eating soldier's bread. Ooh, great French accent there, Elliot. Thank you, in French, whatever that is. The next item is for Desmond. B, what's in that backpack? It's a snowball with a rock in the center of it. It's amazing that it stayed frozen for 200 years, but you know, that's uh, the Who Was Backpack historical closet is very cold. Desmond, what does this have to do with Napoleon Bonaparte? Was he A, involved in a big snowball battle, B, a master snowman builder, or C, afraid of the cold? A. That's right, A, when Napoleon was 14 years old, he led his classmates in a huge snowball war that went on for weeks. It was Napoleon's first big battle, though it ended in a draw when the teachers made them stop because they were putting rocks in the snowballs. Aww. Listeners, don't do that at home. Napoleon is a trained snowball professional. Nola, the next question is for you. Oh, wow, it's a crown, and hey, it fits me. B, please don't try on other people's crowns. That's how you get lice. Okay, Nola. What's this crown doing in Napoleon's backpack? Did he A, kill a king, B, have his birthday party at Burger King, or C, have himself crowned king? C. That's right, C. In 1799, Napoleon took control of the French government, and in 1804, he was officially crowned Emperor of France. 
Pretty impressive for a kid who used to give away good bread and put rocks in his snowballs. Okay, there's just one item left in the backpack. Desmond, this one is for you. It's a postcard. There's a picture of an island and it says, Elba, wish you weren't here. Hmm, what would that mean to Napoleon? Was he A, vacationing on Elba, B, imprisoned on Elba, or C, bought a timeshare on Elba, but you know, he never got around to using it because he was too busy invading countries. B. That's right, B. In 1814, a group of countries teamed up to defeat Napoleon after he tried to conquer Russia. They sent him away to the island of Elba, where life was really boring. Ten months later, Napoleon came back, took over France again, but then he lost the Battle of Waterloo and Scott sent to an even smaller island where he spent the last five years of his life gardening. Ooh, typical retiree behavior. Yeah, and now it's time to retire from this game. Backpack from the past, baby. Magnifique. We've got a lot more items in the backpack, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, Who Wuzzers! Want to make a shout-out to your own favorite person in history, famous or unfamous? Do you think your sourdough recipe is better than ours? Would you like to tell us your craziest dream? What I'm trying to say is we want to hear from you. So send us an email or voice memo at thewhowaspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Welcome back to the Who Was Podcast, Backpack from the Past Supercut Edition. And now here's your host, B. Thank you, B. I must say, you put on one heck of a show. Oh, why thank you, B. I guess it's something I picked up from the subject of our next episode, P.T. Barnum. Oh, wow, B. I can't wait to see what was in his backpack. I know, right, B? Our contestants, Declan and Josie, did an amazing job. You could even call this episode the greatest show on earth. Let's hear it. I found a deed to some land. It says, this land known as Ivy Island now belongs to my grandson, Phineas Taylor Barnum. What is this about? Is it A, a prank PT's grandfather played on him, or B, codes for how to get to a secret island on the third level of Super Mario Brothers 3D World? <laughs> what do you think, Josie? Uh, it's A. That's right, the answer is A. A young P.T. Barnum learned a lesson in building up anticipation and hubbub for an event when, at an early age, his grandfather got the whole town of Bethel, Connecticut to tell P.T. that he was going to inherit a beautiful island. But it turned out to be a dry, tiny piece of land. Gotcha, grandson! Okay, the next object is for Declan. Oh, wow, it's a cool old sign that says this way to the egress. You might find a sign like this in TGI Fridays today, but what did P.T. use it for? Was it A, a trick he played so customers would buy two tickets to his museum, or B, egress is the neighborhood he lived in in New York City, known as the 8th Borough? Um, A? You're right, the answer is A. Egress is just a fancy word for exit, and it sounds like the name of like a cool bird or something. P.T. used this to get customers to leave his museum when they didn't realize they were looking for the exit, and then charged them for another ticket to get them back in. I guess that's how he got his nickname, the King of the Humbugs. P.T. was not above duping anyone. Now, let's see if this next object will dupe Josie. Ooh, ugh, this object smells pretty terrible, and oh my, it's really gnarly looking. It's like the head of a monkey with some kind of fish tail. What is this object? Is it A, P.T.'s favorite lunch, the monkfish, which he first tasted in Europe, or B, the Fiji mermaid? Um, B, the Fiji mermaid. That's right, the answer is B, the fabled Fiji mermaid. This was not a real mermaid, but he advertised and ran stories about mermaids to build up excitement so people would buy tickets to see it. Yes, long before Bieber fever ever existed, P.T. created mermaid fever and made a celebrity out of this, as he put it, dried up old thing. Oh, my apologies, Fiji mermaid. I, I, I didn't realize you were listening or alive. Okay, Declan, this next object is for you. Uh-oh, everybody look out. Get out of the way, there's a train barreling straight out of this backpack. Oh boy, is everyone okay? Josie, Declan, you all right? Yeah, yeah, we're okay. I'm okay. Good. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness! Well, this backpack is pretty strong to hold a train, but hey, why is there a train in P.T. Barnum's backpack? Is it A. from the traveling he did while campaigning for president, or B. it's the train he used to move the circus, making transporting the circus easier than the old horse and wagons that used to be used? B. That's correct. The answer is B. Having circuses travel by train was just a one-way P.T. revolutionized circuses. The other way is by expanding the one-ring circus into three rings, which is still in use today. Unless you mean Cirque du Soleil, which everyone knows happens in the middle of Celine Dion's Vegas shows. We love you, Celine! Backpack from the past, baby!
awesome. Now, everyone listening at home, remember, do not try to fit a train in your backpack. We cannot be held responsible for any ruined backpacks or smushed trains. Now, before we make our own egress, we've got one more backpack from the past moment to share. The next game is from our episode featuring who was King Tut and who was Queen Elizabeth. Our royally awesome contestants, Gwen and Lindsay, tried to decipher the importance behind all the objects we found for King Tut. Let's hear it. Gwen, this first object is for you. All right, well, I shouldn't be surprised to find this in a backpack. It's paper, but it's not like regular paper. It was rolled into a scroll, and it's tougher than the paper I use for grocery lists and love notes. Hmm, Gwen, what's your guess? What is this paper? Yeah, what do you think this paper in my backpack from the past could be? Papaya paper? The- it's like that. We will accept that, yeah. It's papyrus. Yeah, very very similar. Uh, although papaya paper sounds delicious. The precursor to <laughs> modern paper that Egyptians developed as early as 3000 BC. And now I will pull from the backpack another object from ancient Egypt. Okay. It's a very long, very thin object with a curved hook on the end. Uh, Lindsay, what do you think this thing is and how does it relate to King Tut? When, uh, back then when pharaohs would die, they would take a hook and they didn't think their brain was that important, so they would go up in the nose and take their brain out and then just throw it away. Oh my gosh, right in the nose. I mean, right on the nose. It is a brain hook. And you were right, Egyptian priests would remove the brains from dead people before mummifying because Egyptians didn't really think the brain did so much, so we wouldn't need it in the afterlife. All right, my turn to pull from the backpack. And this one is for Gwen. Oh my goodness, it's a big, heavy stone with a bunch of hieroglyphics on it, along with Greek and another language. But I can't tell what this other language is. Gwen, what is this big, heavy stone? What is this? I can't remember the name of it. Can you tell us, can you tell us about it, if you can't remember the name? There's three languages that, there's Greek on it, there's the hieroglyphic, and there's another one, and it's like, It took a while for everyone to decipher them, but I can't remember the name of it. (laughs) I think we should give this a half point. I think Partial credit. I think so. Okay, we're reaching into the half point bag. This is a special bag we keep full of half points, and we're gonna give you half credit for that. The name of the stone is the Rosetta Stone, but you're right, it has three languages on it, and eventually, the Frenchman Jean-Francois Champollion was able to decode hieroglyphics by comparing those languages, but it took thousands of years for people to realize what those languages were together. It took 14 years of research for Jean-Francois Champollion to be able to do it. Bonus point alert, Gwen. Okay, this for these are for bonus points. For five bonus points, can you tell me what the other language on that stone was? This is a tough one, that's why it's five points. Demotic? You yes. got it, that's, that's what it is, correct. it's demotic. That's yeah. amazing. That's right, it was Demotic was this other language that was kind of like Greek, but not exactly Greek, and kind of like hieroglyphics, not exactly hieroglyphics. They figured it out. Okay, for another five bonus points, this is going to be a double bonus point alert. Lindsay, can you tell me which pharaoh the hieroglyphics on the Rosetta Stone were praising? Who were they talking about? Huh. I'm going to say the first woman pharaoh. Pharaoh? If only, if, if only, only, if, if only, only the Rosetta Stone had, had uh, was commemorating that landmark. Uh, uh, no, it was the Pharaoh Ptolemy, uh, which is, you know, 
a hard name to remember for a pharaoh, so that is okay, no problem. That is five points for Gwen for her bonus question, and unfortunately, no extra points for Lindsay, but she's doing great already anyway. B, actually, let's see what the last object is in this backpack. Hopefully it's not as heavy. Okay, interesting. It's a scale, and on one side is a feather, and on the other side, uh, it's a human heart. Uh, Lindsay, what is this? Why would it be in King Tut's backpack? When somebody would die, they would they would put like different parts of their body in a jar, but I don't think this is the answer. But like the end of it, they would take the heart. You're so That's close. Okay. Yeah, you're yeah. very close. It has to you're right that it has to do with when ancient Egyptians would yeah. die, when pharaohs would die. I you know what? I'm gonna give you partial credit for that one. I'm gonna give you a half point because yes, they would remove their heart and they put it in what was called a canoptic jar a jar that would hold the pharaoh's organs so they could use them again in the afterlife. We were, the scale itself is something that would happen in the Egyptian afterlife. They thought that when you died, your heart would be weighed against a feather, and if the feather weighed more than the heart, then you were good and you would cross over into the afterlife. And if your heart weighed more than the feather, you'd get eaten by a big monster. So we'll give you half credit for that one, because you got it right, it's about dead Egyptian hearts. Backpack from the past, baby. Well, that's been our show for today. It was a whole lot of knowledge packed into a tiny amount of space, much like the backpack from the past itself. Thanks for the support, Geraldine. You're the best cheerleader, elephant or otherwise, that a bee could ever wish for. Join us next week when we'll be back with a regular episode to find out who was two more amazing figures from history. Until then, I'm Bee, and we're history. Got a question for any of our famous figures? Send us a voice memo at the Who Was Podcast at gmail.com. It might just end up on the show. The Who Was Podcast is produced by Radio Point, iHeartMedia, and Penguin Workshop and is based on the best-selling Who HQ series published by Penguin. Hosted by Megan O'Neill as B. Also starring Elliot Kalin as Elliot, Eric Shackney as Eric, Jane Baker as Jane, and LaKendra Tooks as Harriet Tubman. Executive producers are Richard Corson, Alex Bach, Elliot Kalin, Megan O'Neill, Daniel Powell, and Houston Snyder. Executive producer for Penguin Workshop is Francesco Sedita. Executive producer for iHeartMedia is Lindsay Hoffman. Written by Megan O'Neill, Elliot Kalin, Zach Timpson, and Jane Baker. Produced by Bernie Kaminsky and Taylor Kowalski. Our talent producer is Jane Baker. Our theme song and music is composed and performed by Eric Shackney. Edited and mixed by Bree Matan and Kate Moldenauer. Recorded by Joanna Samuels. Special thanks to Zach Timpson, Charlotte DeAnda, Daniel Goodman, and Michael Lewis Howard. The Who Was podcast was recorded at the iHeart Studios in Los Angeles, California. Sound services provided by Great City Post. It's the Who Was Podcast, because it's time to play the Who Was Podcast. Who was?